back. This that time again. Sports in town and out. Legends of sports. Voice of the legends of sports is what we are. That's right. When legends speak, people listen. The number one sports talk show for legends. Podcasting and on radio as well. Also in affiliation with content value for ESPN 94.1. The Matt, uh, Matt Hatfield uh, 757. Uh, Emmy Award-winning show, award-winning show, and of course we're on SoundCloud as well, broadcasting around the world. SportsInsideOut.com. Go in there and find out everything you need to find out, and also the upcoming uh, contributors will be coming up very soon, and you may be talking to something very special right here with us on the interview today. And okay, and we want to give a shout out to our military men and women. Oh man, please. Uh, Thank you so much for keeping us safe here at the U.S. of A. And, of course, thank you for making Sports Inside and Out the Legends Show, the number one sports talk show legends on our deployed troops, veterans, and wounded warriors. That's right. And, of course, our sponsors, uh, we are so happy to be with uh, TPMG's great orthopedic surgeon, one of the best in the country, and a great sports fan, of course, is Dr. Uh, Stephen uh, Cummings and of course his organization and of course we got the United States Army that's right United States Army our great great part of our team the one of the team leaders of all time the great army all right listen let's get started with the news you can use as you know Super Bowl weekend was was something I have to just say that right now uh, Nowhere near the the, 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 the uh, impact and the, the sizzling greatness of the Super Bowls in the past, but operating on the limited circumstances and particularly restrictions, uh, you had to have the number one uh, uh, sports uh, uh, scene event in the world. You had to do it and try it because even with that, it's still the numbers were large, but of course the nuances are maybe not. But uh, when you take your situations at large, you need to go to the people who know and give you the news you want to, you can use and not what you want to hear. That's right. And we got one of our, God bless it, we, we're so happy to be uh, able to get, uh, get uh, through our legend pipeline and, and grapevine the greats of those that help make the game of football and more. And we got him right here, former assistant uh, Vice President of uh, Special Events for the NFL for so, so many years back when football was, well, I ain't going to get into that. Do we go, don't want to get too far back there. And also, we also got to make sure they understand we are uh, uh, pneumatic, pneumatically chosen and uh, have great longevity and things of that nature, uh, like Wally says. But let me let you talk to him right now. He's in Raleigh, North Carolina, I think, in the in the in the area down there where he genesis out of it. We want to bring you someone that I know you're really going to enjoy speaking to, particularly about the Super Bowl. As said before, this this uh, this gentleman, this legend in sports, uh, created the Super Bowl to what it is to today as as of today. And he has a great deal of knowledge and things that's, that can be uh, told to, to, to show what the, the enhancement could be, how you can do things a little bit better, and the nuances of saving. It, it, it's a great situation. He's one of the great ones, known with all the great ones in the, in the, uh, 
in the football world. Of course, our great friend Leroy Keyes is looking forward to getting with him soon, the great one himself. Hey, we got Jim Stick down in Raleigh, North Carolina. I think I'm in Raleigh. Am I, about, am I saying that right? Are you in Raleigh, Jim? <laughs> Close enough, I'm in Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill, oh, okay. North Carolina, that's right. He's in the wrong area. He is in the wrong neighborhood. But anyway, uh, Jim, welcome back to the show. And as you know, man, everybody, we've been hearing, hearing uh, uh, inquiries from over in Germany and, and over in France, of course, England. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's, the, it's the question of the year. They've never seen a, a, a Super Bowl that, had, that didn't have the, the sizzle, razzle-dazzle and, and Hollywood and New York and everything there in one. And, yes, it's to be desired, but, you know, I guess, can we actually say, Jim, that this is about the best they could do with what they had? Let's talk about that. Yeah, I think this was a very, very difficult circumstance. Uh, I mean, uh, really, when you look at the other championships that have been played as we've gone through this pandemic, you know, the Stanley Cup, the NBA Finals, even the college football playoff championship, uh, you know, they're just, without having a full house with fans in the stands, uh, you know, it really detracts from everything. I thought they did a great job with, you know, the cardboard cutouts, it made it look like on television that it was more full than it was. Um, it was probably the crowd was a little bit biased because nobody really was traveling there, but it was a little bit more pro for Tampa than it was for Kansas City, whereas normally it's a very neutral crowd. But I think it's very difficult to do and, and get everybody into it unless you've got the fans there to egg it on and, and help you. You can pipe in just so much artificial sound. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just not where we are. But let's hope that when we get, you know, hopefully less than a year from now and we get back to some semblance of what I guess we would call normal, that that will change. I, I think they did a great job as far as what they could do. But mm. you said I think the toughest thing with this is the sizzle, if you want to put around it, mm. the, the pad that you do um, just can't be done. You know, you can't do that around the anthem or yeah. America before those things because you don't have the ability to bring people out on the field, the whole flood, you know, all that type of stuff. And and that's so much a part of what's going on. And even from the halftime show, you know, the toughest thing with this show is you've got an act wow. that is very contemporary, um, you know, I, I thought they did a tremendous job staging it. They were able to do it because they put the stage literally up in the stands mm. because they didn't have, again, the wherewithal to bring it out on the field right, right. like they would normally. You know, that, that takes hundreds of people to yeah. bring out the central stage out there. So I think that the trick was tractable. But the toughest thing you think you've always get with contemporary acts is that a lot of people don't know the songs. Yeah. And I was always an advocate that the acts you want to have, uh, you know, have got to have some connection to the audience because, you know, think of a song from your past, whatever. And if it plays at this thing, it, it instantly creates another memory or brings back another memory for you that enhances the performance because of that memory. And I think that's, one of the things you always got to think about in doing something that's appealing to 
you know, this year, 90 million people. Because um, it's a pretty diverse crowd that you're trying to appeal to. And so, if, if I'm yeah. saying that, that's one thing that, uh, that uh, always, I, I give you credit what credit do. The type of entertainment that you start as a temp, you started as a template for the Super Bowl is it, it, it's, it's spoil the visitors and spoil the viewers because now it's set at a bar that is, you know, you got to maintain that type of thing. So you got to look in the mirror. Some of that's your fault. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think you, you start running out of really big acts at a certain point in time. You know, it's impossible to reunite the Beatles with two of them dead, right? So, uh, you know, there's, there's a really, even, even when they had the room, you know, about a decade ago, you still don't have, you know, the two of the members of the Who aren't alive anymore. So, I mean, it's, uh, uh, it's tough to bring a lot of those things back. Um, you know, I think that the other thing that really affected this game a lot, in my mind, is that you just, I hate to use the word, you didn't have the hype around it. I mean, obviously you had a great matchup going in with right. Mahomes and Brady. Right. But, you know, without Radio Row there in Tampa, mm-hmm. going to football and radio stations broadcasting with their back to the home markets, without, you know, TV, you know, local TV remotes being down there broadcasting back, without... Mm-hmm. ESPN being there on site without the interviews with the players being yeah. on ESPN and wherever else, uh, you know, so much done on Zoom and yeah. if they did them at all. Uh, and you, know, you didn't get this great feel of things happening in Tampa, you know, even when they did the Saturday night TV show, you know, the honors of show that the NFL does, it was basically done from LA, not even from Tampa. So uh, you, you didn't get this sense of everything going there and I think that distracted and, and detracted from the audience mm-hmm. that's taking place and I, I'm sure they're they will never admit it but I'm sure they're very disappointed in the television numbers no question um, 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 oh no question about that uh, it's, it did suffer but again you know what you what you gave I think they sacrifice it they sacrifice uh, quality for 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 um, for, for, for fanship, and uh, you know that alone speaks for it itself. But uh, let's talk about the the, the the players themselves. Did you see something uh, a little bit short of the type of of uh, of play in the Super Bowl? Uh, I heard a lot about that. He said, "Man, it, just, it didn't seem quite uh, the the Super Bowl that it could have been or was in the past." Have you heard anything like that, or what do you think of that? I didn't get that feeling. I, I, I do think the crowd adds to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and no matter what you do, you know, the, the old rule of momentum, right, is, is often egged on by what the crowd is doing, you know, from drive you on from momentum. So I think that had an impact on what was going on. So, yeah, it all comes back to that. But we've got that experience. I mean, if you sit around and watch college basketball right now, it doesn't have anywhere near. Isn't it interesting that three schools suffering right now are Kentucky, Kansas, and Duke? Yeah. Yeah. Three places that you think have the best environments yeah. for college basketball yeah. so there are. And Carolina. I mean, and Carolina. I mean, yeah. if you so look it, around you, it's, 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 it's almost like uh, it's, uh, it's a void of, uh, of uh, sports content as far as play is concerned. And, 
Yeah, that does make a big difference, no question about it. Oh, it absolutely does. I, I can remember playing in high school, you know, when you're out there and, you know, if you're, in a, you're intimidated going into a visiting environment or the other case, mm-hmm. excited to play at home and, and get you going. So I, I think that that had an impact on this. And listen, I, I remember talking to people, you, you can always tell um, – a lot of times for me in the early years, what I did was I was always on the field mm-hmm. for the player introductions. Right. Mm-hmm. And a, a couple of those times, I knew the players really well, mm-hmm. particularly when the Dolphins were there, those guys. Mm-hmm. Right. And it wasn't like when you walk out and go, hey, how are you? how's it going? You know, the intensity level mm-hmm. is so raised by those guys as they're going into that game. Mm-hmm. And, and part of it is that you know, the excitement of, you know, coming out of the tunnel and the crowd reaction and all that sort of stuff. All the, you know, even when you saw a guy like Brady, who's obviously been in this 10 times, the story was, you know, the minute he arrived at the stadium, he didn't go straight to the locker room, he went straight to the field. Mm-hmm. You know, because he wanted to soak in the atmosphere. And it just isn't quite the same atmosphere. Right, uh, right, right. right. So, and there's some, things, there's some things you can do to change a lot of it. And listen, I, I'll give you a bad example, but, you know, after the game in Minnesota in 92, mm-hmm. where our halftime show got ambushed by the show in Living Color on Fox, right. and we lost, you know, six or seven rating points um, during that show, you know, you go back and you reconsider what do we do and what can we make sure that doesn't happen again. And that's where we went and got Michael Jackson for the next year to eliminate that competition. I am sure the league is going to sit down after this game and try to assess, you know, when, you, when your ratings are down like they were, I mean, this was the worst rating in 15 or 16 years, you're going to try to look and figure out what is it besides just the play on the field? Is there something else we did that didn't draw to it or, or something like that? And I, I think they got to look at it. I mean, I, I'll give you a a bad example, I mean, I hate player introductions now. Mm-hmm. They're so anticlimactic. Yep. And I understand this is all about the team and not about individual players. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, for those guys that got introduced one by one mm-hmm. <laughs> at the beginning of the game, yeah. that, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. But now if you just let them all run out of the tunnel, yeah. you know, it's just not the same. And I know that started with the Patriots back, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, but maybe some of those things need to be rethought a little bit how you go about it. And I totally agree. <laughs> and, you're, and we're not the only ones. You be a bodice. Listen, our listeners, particularly over in Europe, he is be a bodice now. You know, don't think that the the uh, the the emotion and the pride of someone. It's almost like having your son graduate from college and you see him go on, and all of a sudden he has to come back home. <laughs> so uh, that's that that thing that Nick used to talk about all the time. That you you took so much pride. He said that that uh, and I think all of us can appreciate this because this this is what you do. That's why you are the legend uh, behind the scenes that you are, as well as Nick. He said that as soon as the Super Bowl was over, and you guys got back on Monday or Tuesday, whichever day. You know, we usually get back. We leave the, the, the Sunday to get back in. We was out of there. But he said that your thoughts are moving to the next staging venue. 
what oh, yeah. does. I think, mm -hmm. yeah. I think absolutely. If, if you, you know, as somebody always said about an event, I don't care what event it is, if you think you did the perfect event, you didn't do an event. Right. There's always something wrong, and there's always something you can do better, and I think that what you want to do and what we tried to do, as I would say, over the course of the 45 days after the game, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of talked to everybody, mm -hmm. uh, you know, about what they want. I, I, I can remember we go to our week meetings in March, mm -hmm. and I had an hour meeting with both of the two teams, mm -hmm. you know, that were in the game. Right. They asked what went right, what went wrong with them, right. and I didn't get better. And then, you know, I'd write up a report that was more of a report for myself. Yeah what I wanted to do in the future, what I wanted to change, but gave me a little bit of a blueprint for the next year. But that, then you get together with everybody, you know, in April or something like that, and talk about not only what's going to happen next year, but here's the lessons we learned from this last year and how we can do things better. And good people, I think, always are trying to assess how you make things better. No, no question. I mean, there's, there's a great line, I might have told you this story, but after my first Super Bowl, in Pasadena in 1980, you know, I flew to Hawaii for the Pro Bowl. And on Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock, my phone rang, and it was Pete Rozelle's wife, Carrie. And she asked me, you know, how did everything go? And my response was, ah, it was awful. <laughs> you know, we didn't do a good job. And she says, what do you mean? I said, well, there are 100 things I'd do different to make it better. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, did anybody know that any of those things happened? And I said, no, they didn't, but I did. Mm. She said, well, I think you're experiencing postpartum. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let, let me ask but, you but it was, yeah, got to get better. Okay, go you got to always try to get better. You can't no just... Question, but the perfection only comes uh, when you decide to stop and look at the critique of yourself. Because if you are right. a, a, a ultimate... Uh, 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 a dedicated VI uh, uh, athlete or, or professional uh, in any sport, I should say, because it is a, a, a branded on the sport itself. You're never satisfied. You know, we we looked at some. I don't try too far off the track here, but uh, young man, we talked about this morning, and also with some of our associates there. I remember LeBron when he was in high school going into the league. So I never associated with that much uh, outside of what. Uh, uh, guys that, that we have there now that we do talk to him. But I do know the impact of his upbringing through the guys who help uh, uh, put this type of, of, uh, of uh, dedication in his life. Guys like Kareem and my stepson Dominique Wilkins and, and of course, Michael and, and, of course, Kobe. These are the guys that, that, that uh, he immolized and, and took the work ethic from. So, you know, when you, when he's, what you see him doing right now at his age uh, and the number of time and minutes. Now, he's, he's, he's over 60,000 minutes on the court. He's bypassed everybody at the 55-minute at the uh, 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 peak. But he is still as dedicated right now. And he's going into his last, uh, I would say, uh, segment of his career, the, 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 the apex of the career. He has hit it, and now he's ready to retire gracefully, but he's still at a peak, and he takes pride in it. So I guess that's a, a, a roundabout way of saying the same thing that you're doing and what you're saying right now. And I'd like our, our listeners to take the comparison between the two. 
ultimate one doing what you do and an ultimate player does what he do, uh, it, it, it takes that type of dedication. You know? Yeah, I, I remember uh, when I was in high school, we lost a, the sectional finals to another school and one of our guards, really good player, um, missed a baseline jump of about 12 feet mm-hmm. before he won the game. And, you know, I went back to the gym the next day, and there he is <laughs> on the court mm-hmm. eating that baseline jumper about 150 times. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, he, he was never, ever going to miss that shot ever again. Amen, amen, amen. You know, the old days of, of dedication is not completely out, but it is somewhat, as Nick said, it's a dinosaur in some, some aspects because a lot of these young uh, athletes now today, not including uh, anybody like LeBron's or anybody that's, that's, that came into the what you call the apex of career, uh, a lot of people now uh, don't put that ultimate thing into their, their career. Uh, their passion is what, what really is what it's called because you know, you got to have true, true, true passion for the game. Not like the game, love the game. You got to have passion for the game to really get what you want out of it. And and that's one thing that uh, we've been very fortunate as legends, people who've been around. We know the impact and the importance of passion in any aspect of your career dealing with sports, uh, Jim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned LeBron. I go back 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. You consider the weakness in this game the fact that he could not hit an outside shot, right? Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. And right now, he's a great three-point shooter. Yeah, over 40%, over 40-some percent, yeah. yeah. So uh, he got there by practicing and getting better at right? That's right, that's right. Yeah, let me ask you one more question. And, you know, we're we, we, we in the, the last elevator, and these are saying that, that, that uh, but we just want you to, to uh, give your own critique on the last five minutes. But right now, what, uh, what do you really see the, the, the future of, uh, of the NFL coming up in the next year or two? Uh, you know, I guess we're trying to talk about this going to be post, hopefully, God willing, soon, post-pandemic era. Uh, what do you think about the, the athletes and what they're doing off the field now you're going to take care of what you're saying on the field we're going to ask you that but are they making a difference off the field as they should in your opinion like they used to well i think so i listen when i was with the chargers uh, the one thing i might you know tuesdays were their day off yeah and the number of players that were doing something on that tuesday was amazing i thought one of the stories that came out of the super bowl which I think I had known about, but I've obviously emphasized was, you know, Russell Wilson won the mm-hmm. you know, Paid Man of the Year Award. Yes. And one of the things he talked about was that when he got drafted, you know, in the third round mm-hmm. by the Seahawks, right. you know, when he first got there, he walked into one of the hospitals and he said, listen, I'd like to come here every Tuesday and meet with your cancer patients and talk to them mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And... You know, the people that at the hospital are going, who the hell are you? <laughs> you know, but, but that, he has basically done that now for his whole career. So I think, listen, the, the best guys are the ones that don't do it and get publicity for it. They go out and do it and, and are doing it for the right reason is to make everything better because you don't hear anything about it. And I was always, 
so impressed by the guys that went out there. And I think you hear more stories, unfortunately, of the bad things, you know, the DUIs and things like that, than you do about the guy that is out there and, and giving. And, and I always thought it was very tough for each team you have to select a candidate for man of the year. And to be able to separate out guys to do that. I mean, listen, one year with me in San Diego, uh, it was ironic that, you know, Drew Brees had left San Diego and gone to New Orleans. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and LT was still there. And so basically we had two guys up for man of the year and the NFL gave it to both of them. Mm-hmm. And which gives you an idea. And, and obviously what Drew was doing, that was before Katrina, what Drew was doing in San Diego was the impact that made him the nominee for the Saints. And obviously what LaDainian Tomlinson was doing was in San Diego. So, I mean, so proud of them, but I don't think, I don't think that ever happened before and ever happened since. But they're very, very special people and they know how to give back. And I, and I, I think part of that is the way they're raising the opportunities they're given as athletes that they give back in a lot of ways afterwards because they know what other people did for them, they can do for somebody else. You know, we, so I, 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 mm-hmm. I'm very proud of them and you know, all those guys. I always call it, you know, I was fortunate in not a great career in professional basketball, but, but a, a, I, got, I kept a job and did the right things I needed to do and wowing myself and, you know, God bless Oscar, God bless his his wife is ill right now, and Oscar. Some of our great guys in football, like uh, uh, I gotta say, Leroy Keys and so many other guys, uh, Billy Joe and uh, all the guys. You know, uh, we're fortunate enough as you as yourself. Uh, we we we've made a living playing and being associated with a child's game, and we, so we're we're very fortunate. But we also are very very. Uh, 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 obligated to give back to that child's game, to what the child means, and that's community. So, you know, it's one good thing that I had that I've always been proud of was the the, the NFL charities and Nick Nicolosi and that phase that we got in for me bringing my guys in, the NBA legends in and the boxing legends like, you know, the... uh, um, uh, Bone Crusher Smith and all the other guys and and, and things of that nature to 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 the NFL charity uh, weekend. Uh, it was that every legend and y'all guys were actually uh, announcing the Hall of Famers in your uh, particular uh, uh, phase of the uh, projects with Nick. Y'all actually was, was announcing the Hall of Famers before they were even announcing it into the, into the public. So, you know, to have that and still see the humility and love and joy of the old-timers who really made the game what it is now, it was an awful pleasure to be able, just all those years, those 20, just to be around you cats, man, and see what we as frustrated uh, football player, we always say, hey, man, I can play that football. Okay. And then the vice versa, two tall Jones come out, I can play basketball. Get out of here. You know, but the, 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 the camaraderie and the, the what you call fraternal order of, of sports and, and things of that nature brings out the best in me. And that was one of the things I was so proud of. And I tell Nick and, and the cats today, that was something that we all miss. And, um, uh, 
or my closing, I'm just going to let you talk about your, your, your feelings of this upcoming season and beyond uh, for, for a few minutes. But I want to close on something I think that, the, the, that our listeners around the world would, would really appreciate. But right now, let's get to that one uh, uh, question. What do you see, Jim, for next season and beyond, say, post-pandemic type of situation? Well, I think it's going to be an interesting thing. I, you know, uh, let me get one thing, Coach, into this, is, is that, and I'll get back to answering the question. One of the great things I think about the NFL, uh, very different from other sports, is that we, at, at the beginning of each season, mm-hmm. we celebrate the past mm-hmm. by having the Hall of Fame induction. You know, and then we go through a regular season. We culminate it with awarding the best team of that league. But at the same time, we announce who the recipients are going into the Hall of Fame. So there's a symmetry that goes through all that. And I think one of the things that that is important in the NFL is understanding we're 101 yards, 101 years in, mm-hmm. and. The history is there going back to Bronco Nagurski and, you know, Grange and and all all those guys and the Otto Graham. And you start talking about about Brady winning seven championships. Yeah, and Otto Graham won seven championships, too. You know, so so, so I mean, I think there's a lot of that that's buried in the hands. And I think that's an important part going into this next year. Now, it's going to be different. Because the crowd, you know, hopefully we've got the crowds back. Um, hopefully we learned a lot about how to communicate with the fans over the course of the last year as we had to do that, you know, whether that electronically, stuff like that, uh, in order to be able to reach out to them. And hopefully that gets us going a little bit more. But I'm hoping we have that personal interaction back. Oh, yeah. Whether it's players or coaches to fans, mm-hmm. um, you know, that signing an autograph of that 10-year-old right. oh, is still something you're always going to remember. And, yeah. and, and we just got to get all that back. And, mm-hmm. and my hope is that we haven't gotten away from that mm-hmm. and players thinking or teams thinking they don't need to do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We got to remember what what got us to where we got the success in the past, and, and that to me is a very that, that's going to be the importance of where we go with this next year. But I I do have a fear mm-hmm. that we're going to get a little bit away and say, well, you see, we didn't need all that sort of stuff now. God, don't you know, know that'll be disastrous, man. If they forget, if you forget where you came from, you don't have no place to go. I'm gonna tell you, man, Blake. Uh, it, 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 it's something that, and this is going to be part of my my closing with with, with the great Jim Sig and you know Vice President of uh, uh, Vice Chairman Vice President and Chairman of uh, NFL uh, uh, Special Events uh, who helped make the Super Bowl here for those who came in a little bit late. Uh, it, it's it's awfully important to keep those nuances in order because that's what's made. Not just the game of football. That's what's made the, the the Super Bowl what it is now. So if they if they, it's all right to twerk and you know and, and tweak it a little bit. But God knows if if they're thinking about just about the bottom line of 
of what they're doing and take away the people who are turning old turnstiles and buying that beer and all that stuff is going to be a disaster uh, for the game and you know and and professional sports at large, Jim. I, that's what I really feel. You know, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. You're going to have to work. Yeah. Some people are like, man, come back. We're going to have to work to bring back to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, that that apex that y'all had at that, yeah, yeah. Well, I think you've got a point that these kids have been away from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we literally have kids that haven't been able to play football, watch football, and go to games. Mm-hmm. This is the first year of my life, I think, maybe my first year since maybe I was eight or nine, mm-hmm. that I did not go to a football game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, about that. I, it's it's unbelievable, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. and so I think that that's a Something we've got to remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got to get everybody back. I hope you haven't, you haven't said I found something else to do. Um, and I don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. But that feeling of being in the crowd when your team wins and, and all that sort of stuff, we've got to get back. And uh, okay. Okay. you know, I, so I hope we, I hope we don't. And you're really going to have to work to bring them back. It, it, it's it's oh yes, it's going to take an effort, Joe. It's going to take yeah. effort. I mean, you know, you're talking about something that took you, oh my, we don't want to talk about the years it took you to get the apex that you had. Yeah. But it's easily lost. It's easily slotted back and, and you'll find complacism and, and excuses and things of that nature and it makes it harder to get back. But I got a strange feeling that we're going to hear a lot more of this living legend on air right now uh, listeners, and I want you to remember his name, and he always stayed in the background, but we're bringing him up front, him and Nick. We're going to bring these guys, because this is an example of legends who, when they speak, people listen, but who walked the walk as well as talked the right talk. And the things that we want to do now, uh, and I will give it a, a quick little elevator here, we are going to try our darndest. We got a lot of great guys from two tall. We got we and 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 the, and the augmentation and integration of what Nick and of course Jim and them bring to the table. We got the greatest football player legends on earth. Our organization also, because of our affiliation of playing, playing and, and doing professional sports and coaching, we got the greatest basketball players that ever played the game on earth. Boxers, the top five greatest champions, today's champions, are available for us to do things. And what we're going to do is important with me that I'm, we're going to ask the guidance and we're going to ask a little bit of play from the two um, uh, what you call the dynamic duo, the double D's here. We're going to ask them to give us some impact of how we can regurgitate or re- re- reunite the efforts of the great legends because we and they want to do this. And the only way that our fans can see that is real is that when it comes from legends, Jim, that is the difference that y'all have. That's the difference that we have. Because you can talk all you want on TV. Announcers can say everything. God bless their soul. Some of them look good. Some of them don't look good. But until they talk to those that help make the game both on the court and off the court, then the fans are going to be hesitant. So in knowing this, 
we're going to definitely try, listeners, to do something through the greatest of the people who helped made the, 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 the game as to what it is today. Uh, we're going to try to get something and see if we can assist them to bring them out. Sometimes you got to come out of retirement to get on the bench to do something. I, I, that's the way I feel. And Jim is still involved in the in the nature of the of the Super Bowl in the NFL. If he would just take that extra step now, somebody's got to take the step and say, "Listen, if you really want to get it back, you cannot do the things that you're trying to do right now just to maintain a status. Look what worked in the past. Twerk it to be amenable." to the future because people judge how a thing was before they can judge a thing as to what it is. So uh, I guess the bottom line, Jim, is, is that hopefully over the course of about the next quarter, uh, you and, and Nick, we can start exploring, just to explore, just explore. We're not making any commitments to anybody now. I ain't telling nobody that Jim... Sig and, and, and Nick Nicolosi coming out of the closet, coming out of the bed, I mean, the, off the porch. I'm just saying we're going to ask them to give us and use us and the rest of their, their, their talented Rolodex to, to see if we could bring back that tremendous uh, uh, pre and post and, and, and activity that uh, was the Super Bowl of old. And, uh, and I think we can. You know, it's nothing that God says. Nothing is not new. Is new under the sun. But one thing that God, if He has blessed you to do something before, He'll certainly bless you to do it again. If you got the right ideas, and that's my elevator to you, Jim. And hopefully, it made a little something. I don't know, but down here, Chap, Chapel, Chapel Hill. But uh, we're going to see it, and uh, we are asking uh, Jim and. and and Nick to come in on a on a monthly and and give an update. What's going on from those to help bake the game? Well, I think the most important factor is that we all learn from the past. Amen. I learn from the past, and people now need to learn from the past because as much as people think that everything's different, it's not. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. We love that. Hey, listen, thank you for, so much for joining me and Jim Stig, one of the greats of the game. Oh, football. I'm talking about Super Bowl. I don't care about the rest of that stuff. We're talking Super Bowl and also we want to give a great shout out to our dear friend and a cohort with, uh, with Jim Nick Nicolosi. I hope you're feeling well, Jim. And a great shout out. Uh, get well, uh, Leroy Keyes, a great two-time Heisman Trophy runner-up and Hall of Famer. Is, uh, is 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 not feeling well, please uh, keep Leroy, our dear friend of Le uh, Keys to the Locker Room segment, uh, keep him in your prayers. A great man of God and can't ask for a better man or friend and a, and a role model is Leroy Keys. So let's, uh, let us be a part of your day pretty soon. And as always, <laughs> when, when legends speak like Jim, we got to say, Jim, everybody listens. If you don't listen, then you don't bump your head. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Jim. Okay, thank you for having me. All right, God bless, babe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.